Stress, anxiety, and depression are skyrocketing among children and teens. And Cook Children's Healthcare System is on a mission to bring these topics into the light. I'm Winnie King. And I'm Dr. Kristen Perch. If you have kiddos in the room, now is the time to put on those headphones. Some of the topics we'll be discussing will not be suited for young ears. This is Raising Joy. Welcome back. This is Raising Joy, the podcast you love to listen to every time. <laughs> I'm Winnie King with uh, Cook Children's, and I am joined by my co-host. Kristen Perch, child psychiatrist. And we are trying to figure everything out today. Are everything. We? We're going to figure it all out today. We're getting to the bottom of it. Yeah, yeah. This is the, the world's problems <laughs> will be solved today on this podcast. But, you know, one of the things that is a problem, and we talk a lot about the issues of mental health in children, mm-hmm. but parents knowing where and how and who and wh- to go, the yes. resources, it's such where a, are they? It's such a hard system to navigate. And there's a lot that needs to be thought about, you know, because you're, you know, you see this child spiraling out of control and then you're like, where do I go? How do I, how do I fix this? Exactly. I, I just, I'm glad that I don't have small children. It's, it's a really hard system to navigate. Yeah. If you, if you, for everybody, if you have insurance, if you have Medicaid, if you are able to afford private pay, like yeah. it, it's just, it's really hard to figure out um, where to go and how to get on a wait list. Like it's. And it's always going to be a wait list. I know. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, today we're talking about a new project to help families navigate mental health resources for kids. This is extremely helpful. So we really want to talk a lot about this. The Adverse Childhood Experiences Task Force, also known as ACEs Task Force, is focused on bringing increased attention um, for mental health care and suicide prevention for children and youth. And we have with us today Dr. Brian Dixon from Mindful, a psychiatry practice based in Fort Worth, as well as Francis Wampler from the Center for Children's Health led by Cook Children's. And they're here to talk about their new project. Yay. Thanks Yay. for having us. Yay. <laughs> Yay. So you're going to give us all the one, two, three. We probably need to write some of this well, stuff down I, and put it on a website somewhere. <laughs> I bet they have one. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yes. There you, there you go. Awesome. What's a project? Yeah, so the task force has been working on the Roadmap for Children's Mental Health. And this is a guide for caregivers because we hear that in the community. We don't know where to go. We don't know how to find resources. And our partners are seeing the same thing. They're Mm -hmm. like, our families don't know where to go. They don't know where to turn. And the kids, they really need help. So we're trying to help meet that need. And Brian Dixon, Dr. Dixon, was on one of our videos. So we're happy that he came along to the podcast today to to share about that. So how did all this get started? So a couple of years ago, uh, the task force started talking about mental health. It was right after COVID. And we knew that families struggling with ACEs. COVID made that even more difficult. Mm -hmm. And so we thought as a group, what can we do in the community to make things better? And mental health and suicide prevention really bubbled to the top at that time. And that's when we had started having these conversations about parents don't know where to go or where to turn and how to navigate this system. And so we wanted to give them something visually um, that they could watch that has some family members with lived experience as well as providers and mm-hmm. get some kind of feedback from both. Sometimes you, rel- you know, have your connection with a provider and sometimes it's with a parent that has lived experience. So yeah. we wanted to do that um, and kind of have both sides of the story. 
Let's let's talk a little bit about adverse childhood experiences. We've talked about it mm-hmm. a long time ago, but what exactly, Brian, what exactly is that? Yeah, so um, there has been a movement to better understand trauma. Uh, and we know the research shows that the earlier the trauma, the more difficult these kiddos will have really? um, later in life. Mm-hmm. And so there's, um, uh, I want to say... Oh, Nadine, Dr. Nadine, something, something. I can't remember, but she's been really big in the, the okay. ancient world. Nadine Burke Harris. There you okay, go. There Nadine you Burke go. Harris. Okay. Yes. And, I love collaboration. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. So <laughs> and so, yeah, and um, there's kind of a straight line. The more um, adverse childhood events you have, the more um, sickness and illness that you have uh, later on in life. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, there's a big push now to um, recognize more of this, and we're, we're happy that it's happening. Yeah. So adverse effects could be... Your father went to prison when you were two years old or, you know, you were up for adoption at five years old Mm -hmm. or whatever. There's a whole lot of things that sometimes I don't even think about are adverse. It's just stuff I went through Mm -hmm. and and we just tried to get over. So but those things really do. My my mother was an alcoholic in the house Mm -hmm. and we dealt with that until I was forever years old. Um, And again, that's just something you deal with. Mm -hmm. And as an adult, you're like, I got over it. I left. I, you know, moved on. I have my own family. But there's still some adverse effects. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Divorce, uh, trauma, um, abuse, racism. Yeah. um, Poverty. Yeah. All of this. Homelessness. Yep. There's a lot. There's a lot there. Okay. Gotcha. And and I think I think I hear sometimes... We we it's really hard, right? Because we hear that kids are resilient, which is true. Um, but I think it's true what you say about the earlier that it happens, the more impact it can happen. Because I think some people don't appreciate that, you know, maybe a kid I was adopted at two months, but you know, they yeah. they're they're they have to deal with that abandonment and those different kind of feelings. And so um they they think, oh, those adverse childhood experiences won't affect the kid because it'll happen before so they were, early. So yeah. early. They, yeah. But no, it, it really does it happen. Does. It changes oh, your brain. A hundred percent. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And that's why this kid can't be controlled. <laughs> but I'm loving him so much. And, and, and I'm giving hard. everything I have. It is very hard. Wow. Sometimes it can be very hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell when or if or who will be most impacted. You just have to live the experience with them. Wow. Wow. Um, so, Francis, you bravely shared your own story in some videos. I did. So my husband and I were the caregiver um, representation for the first video, which is what to do in a crisis. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And I was going to ask, so whenever you guys have this roadmap, I'm assuming it's a, there's a website that you go and then there's videos and things like that to draw folks in? Yes. So we have a website on the Center for Children's Health webpage under caregiver education, and we're calling it the roadmap because we want people, this to kind of help them lead them down the direction that they need. Mm -hmm. But there are three videos that live there right now. Mm -hmm. um, And we'll see kind of how this goes on if we add more later. I think you should. You better. (laughs) But so you did the first one Mm-hmm. about how to respond in a crisis? I did. I did. So my um, story kind of started a couple of years ago. We lost our nephew to suicide oh in gosh. 2020, and he was 19, and mm-hmm. my oldest son is now 14. And that really shook him. I mean, it shook it shook all of us, really. You know, we weren't expecting it, and it, grief is 
a really hard journey to go on. Um, But our son uh, was really struggling with grief. He's on the autism spectrum as well. So we shared some of that in the video, but we didn't realize at the time how hard that he was struggling until we were in a state of crisis. So he was telling, you know, the therapist at school, which I'm super thankful that he opened up to the mental health counselor at school, but just... I don't want to be here anymore, and I had a pl- I have a plan for how I'm going to do that. And oh, wow. he was just very overwhelmed with a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. And so we found ourselves mm-hmm. in the middle of just, what do we do? I-, I had no idea, no idea what to do and where to turn. It's a hard it's a hard place to be in, and it's really scary. Yeah, it's really scary to be in. So, so does the video help? Tell the story of what to do, because I need to know where where do I go first? Yes. Yeah, so, Who do I call? What's the number? Right. Absolutely. So in our case, you know, we had a provider that we reached out to, you know, because he is on the autism spectrum. We had a psychiatrist and I was like, hey, can you help me? Because I'm headed to the school and I don't know what to do. And so they gave us really clear instruction, like, let's visit the ER Go Mm. to the closest one to you Mm. or the one you feel the most comfortable and let's get another evaluation so that we can see exactly what is going on and see what our next steps need to be. Um, When we did get to the ED, they rushed us in pretty quickly. Like Mm. they made him feel really comfortable. We didn't do a lot of waiting in the waiting room. Mm. Like we got straight back to a room, but they did recommend inpatient treatment based on what he had said and what their concerns were. Um, So then we found ourselves, you know, looking for an inpatient bed. Um, so that it's a really tough kind of scenario to walk through because I imagine if you don't have a provider, there's families out there that are just like, I don't, I don't know who to call. I don't right. know what to do. Well, now we know you can probably call a pediatrician too. It's yes. Right. Get started mm-hmm. with that. You know, yeah. that's one thing you can definitely do. Right. Is start. Yeah. Start whatever there. provider you have, it's a pediatrician or a psychiatrist, whoever mm-hmm. your kind of support network is, mm-hmm. that would be my first call. Now that I know, since we've been through it. Wow. How's he doing? He's doing. He's doing really well. We've had some kind of ups and downs. We're still of kind course. of on this journey of him it's learning. A journey. Yeah. You know how to express himself and how to open up and talk about those really hard feelings, but. You know, I'm thankful that we had a positive experience, as, as scary as that sounds, like to go through a crisis and come out of it in a positive way and have some tools mm-hmm. and how to how to help him and how to kind of move forward. He's, mm-hmm. he's doing pretty well. Well, Dr. Dixon, in Francis's case, she was able to get into a place mm-hmm. they were, ready, you know, able to get him into where he needed to be. Mm-hmm. But there may be times when parents have to wait. Yes. So how do we wait? Tell us how to, what are we doing while we're waiting for, you know, on the, on the list? Yes. So one of the, um, one of the best parts about being in a psych hospital. So number one, psych hospitals are not scary. They're not scary places. Yes. There are some things that can happen in a psych hospital okay. where people are like, oh my gosh. Okay. But generally they are very, uh, well-meaning folks that work there. It's not um, one flew over. The oh, it is not. <laughs> one, no. yeah. mm-hmm. The, you know, the, the straight jackets have been yeah. burned. Yeah. Yeah. We're good. Okay. We're good. Okay. We don't put those on kids. Exactly. Okay. Nope. There you go. Um, but the, the power of that program is structure and consistency, right? You, They put kids on a schedule. Uh, the kiddo knows exactly what's expected of them. And then we give them therapy and or medications uh, to help them while they're there. Well, that's the very same thing I tell all of my parents. Mm-hmm. If you have to wait for an appointment, mm-hmm. build as much structure and consistency into your day as possible. Mm-hmm. And then vice versa. When you're coming out of a hospital, build as much structure and consistency mm-hmm. into the schedule. So, yeah. So wait lists are three months, six months, a year. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm, everywhere. And so I am out coaching and teaching and making content and telling folks, hey, you know, put your kid on a schedule. Let them know what's going on. Uh, right. Be available to them. Right. Uh, and then don't process around your kids because everybody keeps going, oh, you know, Bobby, let me tell you everything about everything. And I'm like, <laughs> no, 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 child. It's everything, going, it's, everything yeah. all at once. Uh, yeah, yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. so that's one of the most important parts. Uh, pull back, listen more, talk less. Wow. That okay, that was a mouthful. Yeah. But that's all true. Yeah. <laughs> put it put it on yeah. a bumper sticker, a yeah. t shirt. Listen more. Talk wow. less. Wow. Talk less. Mm-hmm. Ask questions. Ask questions. Open ended questions. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, one thing that um, uh, I learned this in residency, and uh, and I continue to do this now, is get rid of the word why. Never ask anybody why, mm-hmm. because if you ask somebody why, they feel judged. And so instead, I don't ask, you know, why'd you do that? I go, mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. how'd you reach that conclusion? Oh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, tell me more about that. Choose What's up with that? Right? Okay, or, choose your word. And, and, and- because kids do talk to us about a lot of things and they feel a lot of shame about like maybe they destroyed the classroom or something. And so to get them to talk to us, like we have to kind of take that shame and that that they feel about themselves out of the room. Yeah. And so like, you know, maybe I'll be like, well, hey, I heard this happen. Like, well, well tell me what happened. And the kid's just like looking down, not going to say I'm like, well, I mean, I know you, right? And and like you're a really sweet kid. And so it's and but you were like yelling at your friends and stuff. So like mm-hmm. what like that sounds like you're really mad. Like did something mm-hmm. make you mad? Mm-hmm. And they're like, Well, and then that's like that's usually she the said. Yeah, and I'm like, tell on them. Yeah. Like, I got my pen. I wanna know. I wanna know. Mm-hmm. I wanna because know it's like but and, and you really do wanna know because you're like, okay, if they're always mad whenever they have to do handwriting. Well, maybe they, you know, like it's it if you can identify those triggers and things like that. But you, you know, yeah. like I, I think there's, there, yeah. I think there are ways to ask questions that keep kids from being defensive and like Absolutely. help them help them open up yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I and I tell you, the last few weeks here in the Dallas Fort Worth area, we've had a lot of things happen in schools that have been very concerning, mm-hmm. very, very, very concerning. I mean, you're shooting people before seven o'clock in the morning. There's a problem here. There's, right. a, there's an issue that we should have been talking to you about a month ago, maybe yeah. two, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's what you want to avoid. That's so much about what you want to avoid. But anyway, golly. Mm, mm, mm. Francis, um, how I, I was just thinking about you in the video and like having that sort of that crisis moment. Like how like do you have any advice for a parent who finds themselves overwhelmed, like how how did you sort of manage your own emotions, or do you have any advice for parents who are trying to navigate a, a crisis and support their kid at the same time? I love that, and I one of the videos we we talk a lot about that, and I think I was in an interesting position when we were working on this project because we were kind of right in the middle of our own crisis with our son, and it it's overwhelming, and you feel a lot of guilt, and you feel like you're not you know, doing a good job as a parent and the system itself is really hard to navigate. And so you just have all of these emotions. And for our son in particular, he was dealing with his own grief journey, which just brings all of that back up for us too. You know, Mm -hmm. we lost our nephew and that was really hard. And so that brings kind of all of that back up. But one of the things I love that the provider said in our video is that you don't have to be a perfect parent. You Mm. just need to be present and that your best is good enough. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the people that were surrounding us during our journey were so positive and just kind of, 
giving, showing us that love and just being like, y'all are doing an excellent job. You're doing a great job. This is a really challenging thing that y'all are going through, but you're doing really good. And just checking on us, making sure that we were fed, you know, advocate for yourself. If you haven't had a sandwich yet, you can ask for one because just making sure your basic needs are met are really important. Yes, because if you're hangry, you will not respond well to a crisis. Exactly. Preach. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm going to eat. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, but if you're eat. so stressed, you forgot. No, like, no. How do you know? I don't but get that stress. I, I stress to... eat. I stress eat. <laughs> yes. So I've gained 10 pounds as a result of this situation. <laughs> right. I think That's you, my problem. You get in those situations and you forget to take care of yourself. But you can't take care of, you know, others if you haven't yeah. taken care yeah. of yourself. You can't give if your cup is empty. Yeah. Dr. Dixon, you talked about the structure. Why why is that important? How does that help the child level set? I guess I'm I'm guessing that that helps them do it. Yeah. So human beings are creatures of habit. We love to know what's coming. We uh, we love um, very curated surprises, right? Mm -hmm. So if you walk into work one day and somebody's like, you're fired, you go, oh, I feel bad, right? Because that's a (laughs) non-curated surprise. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, exactly. This was not in the plan for today. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) And so, yeah, so human beings love structure. We are creatures of habit. And so when we give that to kids, they thrive off of that. They want to know what's happening. So the key is don't give too much, right? You don't have to helicopter. Uh Um, And then don't be completely dismissive of everything they say. There's a nice mix. um, And then that helps them feel comfortable going out and exploring the world. Because ultimately, we want them to be, you know, like reasonable adults that pay their taxes and treat people with kindness, right? Right. So so, you pay taxes? Oh, Oh. uh, (laughs) a whole bunch of (laughs) in Texas. My gosh. Uh, And so, yeah. And so, yeah, the more structure you can give them uh, and the more boundaries you give them. And then you let them play within that structure and those boundaries because, yeah, play is really important, too. So, yeah, it helps them feel better. Well, that sounds like a recipe for just parenting. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, it it really does. It's not just waiting on what when we get to put Johnny wherever we're going to do. But that to me is a recipe for how I parent my child. Mm -hmm is give them structure. Yeah. Well, and I and I tell people all the time, because um, parents come in and they feel guilty about everything. Of course. And so I say, the four things I need you to do, provide food, shelter, clothing, send them to school. Uh-huh. It is not your job to be your child's therapist because you're okay. bad at it. Okay. So don't try. Okay. Even if you are trained? Like, even if you're trained. <laughs> yeah. Amen, Theoretically, yeah. for my friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it's also not your job to entertain your child because that's okay. where a lot of other parents uh, kind of uh, trip up as they say, oh, I have to, you know, Bobby's bored. Let me do something. And I'm like, because mm-hmm. that is a trap and you will lose and you will be broke. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. so instead, just do your four things. Those, that's the structure. And then you take a step back. And when your kid says, I'm bored, you go, hey, well, there's dishes to wash. And then miraculously... <laughs> They're not Ooh, there's anymore. the lawn that yes. should be cut. <laughs> They're like, look at those Legos over there. I think I'll do that. Um, I won't ask mom again. Okay. <laughs> I, I will never tell her I'm bored wow. if you give them a task. Yeah, I, I like that, though. I really do. I like that. And I think that that's so basic and mm-hmm. so easy. And we forget how easy this really could be, sort of, kind of. But, yeah, I think just if your kid is not in crisis, let's get some structure. Mm-hmm. Come on, here we go. Yeah. It's a, when I was a baby psychiatrist, I didn't, baby um, or baby child psychiatrist, like I didn't, um, I didn't have kids yet. And so I initially thought I was like, okay, kids don't like limits. Like they don't, you know, and I think a lot of parents think that, right? Like they think, mm-hmm. um, 
They want free flowing. Mm-hmm. The sky's the limit. They they want it all. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-mm. But that's not true. And Mm-mm. my attending told me they're like, no, kids kids actually they may push up against them. But kids really do love limits and boundaries and consistency because it says someone loves me enough to do it, mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. put those that stuff into place. Because that's a lot of work. Like it's a lot of work to enforce. Yeah. Tablets go off at eight o'clock. Okay. And to take you it have up. to be the you have to be the the, the yeah. person who enforces one hundred percent. And you may not want to that day, but you better. Oh, 100%. Because I like you, like, no, like mm-hmm. you. But we, we do this all the time. Come on, baby. You know what to yes. do. Mm-hmm. This is not news. 100%. This is not new. And if you're inconsistent, they will call you on yeah. it. You didn't make me do that last time, mama. Uh-huh. I ain't doing it now. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. pay now, pay later, but you will pay. You will pay. Okay. <laughs> it's and, so true. And the other thing that I, you know, okay, so we have just, I'm going down a rabbit hole. Okay. The friendship thing. Oh. The friendship thing. Come on, Doctor oh, Dixon. No. Come talk to friendship. me about. You know, I am not your friend, nope. sweet pea. Preach. I'm your parents. Mm-hmm. You have friends over there next door and at the school. I am mm-hmm. not your friend. Absolutely, there's a difference. There's a huge difference. So uh, one of the hiccups with friendships. So friendships generally are looking out for your best time, mm-hmm. and I, as as a parent, I need you to look out for their best interest. Okay, so yeah, I don't I don't care if you're having a good time. I'm going to look out for your best interest. Mm-hmm. And if it's in your best interest not to do something, well, we're not doing do it. it. We're not doing it. Yeah. We're not going out after 11 o'clock. Nope. You're, you know, we don't do that. And nothing good you, happens oh, after 11 o'clock. Only thing open after 12. <laughs> 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 Bars and other things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we and you told me not to knock yeah. on the table, but I did it anyway. Yeah, I get it. You know, and I think. I think a lot of parents kind of get that, you know, but there is a time when you can be, I guess, you know, at an appropriate age, we can morph into more of a friendship, but you're probably 25, 30. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. You know, anytime before that. Yeah, that's a pet peeve of mine. I I, I can't stand the, oh, but but we're such friends. No, you're not. Don't do that. No. Don't do it, that. You're, you're doing your kid a disservice. Yeah. 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 Boy. Mm-hmm. What else do we need to know about navigating these waters? What other things do we need to, you know, figure out, not figure out, but what do we need to know? We know how to work in crisis. Yeah. So, and I, we know we, we know what to do structure mm-hmm. while we wait. What other things do we do? Where do we go? Who do we talk to? Yeah. So, there's lots of misinformation and dif- disinformation that's out there. Okay. So, um, straight. so curate your list. So, the Raising Joy podcast is a great place to start. <laughs> um, there are other <laughs> websites. Give this guy a job. Yeah. Shout out. Great plug. Yeah. And then, um, because at the end of the day, um, if you pick a good podcast, if you pick a good news um, source, mm-hmm. it's been edited and vetted Mm -hmm, and they're mm -hmm, experts mm -hmm. and pay attention to those things because yeah there's going to be rough times ahead and that'll be in your toolkit ready to go when it's time yeah yeah okay okay and don't forget your provider i i just i'm so i know no you're right i'm so grateful for that that one source if nothing else yeah but i think and i think you're absolutely right Uh, the pediatricians are such a fantastic resource because they see the breadth of normal to very abnormal and so they know whenever things have gone out of the way and they're also in your community so they're gonna 
they will know, hey, this agency mm-hmm. is very helpful. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have a very long wait. So these are the things that you can do in the meantime, like watch these videos or hear some coping skills videos and things like that. That could right. be really helpful to help kind of deescalate some of that anxiety if that's what's going on. Well, what do you help these videos will achieve? What do you hope that they will actually do? Yeah, I I really, on a personal level, hope that we resonate with families because when you're in the middle of crisis or you're struggling with your children and their mental health, you might feel like you're alone and you're not. There are so many families that are struggling and kids that are struggling, and we would just really hope that this resonates with families and helps them kind of know where to go and where to turn and not feel so alone when they're kind of walking through those tough things in life. Parenting mm-hmm. is hard, y'all. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. I think also there's unfortunately still so much stigma and shame for parents still. whenever their kids are struggling. They they feel like it's their fault, right? And it's like, okay, parents, it's not your fault that we just survived a pandemic. We're the still whole surviving. The world was going through it right? and like, we're still going through it. It's not your fault. You mm-hmm. were homeschooling your kids mm-hmm. for this long. You know, I mean, it, and the other thing is that it's all like society's totally changed. We're all online now. And mm-hmm. so it's like, like there's been a lot of things that have changed. And I just think it's really fantastic that you have been so brave and so open. Um, and I think that that really helps in line with our podcast about like just decreasing that stigma mm-hmm. and just being willing to share your story. Like that's incredible. Mm-hmm. That will do so much. That will help so many people. Yeah. I think there, you kind of have to start with your circle of people that you trust first mm-hmm. and kind of helping you kind of manage that. You know, I feel like we have a village. <laughs> so I've got my work people that I depend on every day. And then we've got our close friends and our family. And, and those are the people that we kind of started with. And then once we felt safe to share and we felt mm-hmm. like we were in a good place, then it kind of continues on. But if we can tell, you know, and, and reach one family that, you know, maybe this helps them realize that, oh, maybe I am in a crisis or maybe my kid is struggling or, you know, I'm not in this alone, then mm-hmm. then I feel like we've we've done our job for the week. Yeah, yeah. you did. Yeah. Yes. You have. Yeah. And there's so much facing the kids these days, you know, things that weren't facing me when I was, you know, back in the day. But there's so many things, the drugs, the fentanyl and and the shootings and the one thing then another. And, you know, there's so much. And we need that village. We need that help. You can't do this alone. It's just too hard. It's just really too hard. So what's next for the ACEs task force? Is there something that you guys are working on currently or that you're going to try to push and share? Yeah, so we're right now we're evaluating how successful the videos are going. We've been doing an ad campaign um, with the videos, just trying to make sure that we get the videos to the right people. So we're going to kind of evaluate that and see how it goes. We also have coping skills cards and posters and things that we share with providers and our community partners. So getting those out into the community and helping kids, giving them some real coping skills at their fingertips is, is really beneficial. So those are the things that we're working on right now. And We'll see how that, if the videos go well, maybe mm-hmm. there'll be a round two. I don't yeah. know. There needs to more. be. Yeah. Did, for sure. I, I have the coping skills card at my house. Do you? Oh, for sure. Oh, I love it. Yes. I'll, I'll have and to get you a poster. So it's like the cards, but on a poster. A I'm going to love it. I'm going to put it in my kid's room. They're going to be like, mom. <laughs> I'm like, yes. And there's lights around it. And you're going to pay attention. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to point to one. You're going to do it. Yes. You put a can light right above it. So it's like, here's your, you know, pick a skill for the day. Don't forget. <laughs> And then we'll go back to Dr. Dixon's comment that you can't be your kid's therapist or friend. No. I'm their mama. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) For better or worse. Wow. Well, thank you guys for joining us. This was really helpful. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for having us. 
where do we find this? Like, what's the website? Where yeah. do we find this roadmap? Yeah. So the Center for Children's Health dot org and then forward slash roadmap. You can get to it if you find the Center for Children's Health, um, just the website under caregiver education. But that's our kind of direct link. We wanted to make it easy for people to find. Mm-hmm. So there's some QR codes kind of floating around. And then we've got some printed material if, you know, any of our friends across Cook Children's or in the community <laughs> needs it. They that's want to hand them out somewhere. Yeah, yeah we, can, we can get you some. So, Very and I'm good. positive we will put it in the show notes, and that way people can find. Yep, the roadmap. absolutely, they gotta find it. Absolutely, yeah. There you great. go. Yes, thank y'all so much. So we have a tradition of asking what people are grateful for. So let's start with Winnie. Winnie, what are you grateful for? Oh my gosh! You know, I'm gonna be really crazy today. Um, <laughs> I, Just today? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Kidding. Um, I'm, I, I'm really grateful for rain. Okay, even though the weeds in my yard look like they are taking over, but I really like the rest, the the refresh of rain, even though it kind of storms and and the lightning is there. But when I'm all snug in my bed, it doesn't feel like that's a bad thing. But I really like um, the springtime, the rain that comes. It washes things away. The light, the 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 sunshine comes out, and and you're like. I think I can make it another day. I think I can do this. I really do think I can do this. So rain and sunshine, rain, then sunshine. When I lived in Florida, that was the thing. I Every mean, day. three o'clock, mm-hmm. there was rain, but then there would be sunshine. Now, it's humid to all get out, but still beautiful. So I'm kind of, you know, the weather, it's not bad. We're, we're good. I like it. Yeah. I'm grateful. Really am. I am going to be grateful for time with my family. Today, Aww. I know. Well, we, you know, we what had our. Gonna do? Well, no, we just had a, you know, we had a, a nice week away on our spring oh, yeah. break trip. With, there you go. That was silly and all that fun stuff. So yeah, I know it was great. It's always just good just to have yeah. those time, that time with your family and yeah. and you make to me connect. Think of BB. I know my your BB family boy, my, your baby, your baby, my BB boy. <laughs> he's so cute. Oh my gosh, Saturday, he's gonna be one year old. Holy cow! Do you? Do you all know that she has... I have a a dog. The cutest dog in the entire world. He is a Morky, and so I've had him for now six months or so, but... He's a year old this weekend, and so that's sweet. Yeah, it, this he's big. So I think he has to jump over grass. And yeah. His name is BB King. BB King. So <laughs> isn't that amazing? I'm grateful for funny coworkers. Yeah. There we go. Francis, what are you? What are you grateful for? Yeah. So I would say that I am grateful for our village. You know, it, it takes a village to raise a child, and I have three, and so I need all the help I can Ooh, get over here. Maybe, yes. <laughs> um, but just all the people that poured love into us when we needed it, and mm-hmm. it was just great. So I'm Wonderful. I'm thankful for all for all of them. Yeah. Dr. Dixon. I'm going to be really abstract. I'm Let's grateful for energy. So, <gasps> yeah. So, I, like I, I, we're living in the best of times. You know, we can have phones where we can, we have the universe's knowledge at our yeah. fingertips. Yeah. We get to speak and through these energy and electricity, people can hear our voices all around the world. Mm. And that's kind of cool. It and is. so I'm just, I'm, I, I feel blessed to be here at this moment. Okay. So, thanks, y'all. Wonderful. And I'm glad that I'm I'm grateful that uh, TikTok hasn't been banned yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yet. I'm grateful for that. Yet, if we move the podcast, we'll be sure to let you know. Gosh, if they ban TikTok, I am gonna I'm gonna take to the street. (laughs) We'll just move this podcast to the Caribbean. (laughs) All right, guys, thank you for 
listening to our shenanigans. Yes. And um, yes. Till next time, just breathe. Uh, <laughs> open up. <laughs> you, you matter. matter.